Josh Clemens of New Founding is back on the podcast for this episode. We're talking about a biblical view of business, what the ultimate goal should be for Christians who own businesses, and what New Founding is doing to work towards that goal. Josh is the head of the Talent Network at New Founding. I'm your host, Landon Buto, and this podcast is provided by Cleveland Street Mortgage in pursuit of our mission of helping people to cultivate wealth and property in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. Please enjoy this week's conversation. And remember that if you're interested in getting a mortgage with our team at CSM, or if you know someone who will be getting a mortgage soon, connect with us at clevelandstreet.com. Before we start, here's my weekly two cents on a verse in the Bible that applies to work and wealth. Wouldn't it be nice if the Bible offered a financial plan? Something like, don't do this with your money, that would make you poor. Do this with your money instead, it will make you rich. Good news, there is a verse in scripture that offers something like that. But just a heads up, it might not be exactly what you're expecting. In fact, the financial plan that the Bible proposes might be the exact opposite of what you would expect. Proverbs 11.24 says, There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. You know that scene in Miracle on 34th Street where Macy starts getting tons of customers precisely because Kris Kringle is sending customers to other stores? I think that's a great illustration of why this principle of financial planning does make sense. In a deeper sense, it works, as Matthew Henry explains, because God blesses the giving hand and so makes it a getting hand. But he doesn't do so in some vague, mysterious way where he multiplies the money in your bank account without you knowing. Not usually, at least. No, he typically does it in ways you can see. Generosity that is truly altruistic usually breeds goodwill, and money often follows goodwill. That should not, of course, be the motivation of the generosity, and it probably won't breed goodwill if it is the motivation. But it should be something you remember as you consider how to steward and grow the money you've been given. It increases by scattering, not by withholding. All right, Josh, welcome to the Work is Good podcast. Thanks for coming on again, man. Thanks, Landon. It's good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So today we are talking about the value of building businesses um, that have that have rooted values, values rooted in truth and a mission rooted in truth. Um, so we're going to talk specifically about building Christian businesses, but also more broadly about um, the impact that a, that the values of a business and the mission of a business have on um, the, the broader culture. Um, so I want to start with a little bit of background on new founding. Um, what can you give us a little bit of the story of new founding? Um, mm-hmm. what, what's the mission? Why does new founding exist? What do you guys do? Yeah, for sure. So new founding itself, we connect people and capital, um, is our core business. So we have a venture, um, and deal side of the business that is, um, a venture fund and a private equity fund um, where we take investor money um, from aligned investors and then we deploy that into aligned businesses. And then there's also a talent placement portion of the business. And all of that works together in a sort of cohesive ecosystem where the ideal end goal, um, you know, success of, of new founding's mission is we have someone come along who say, you know, conservative, um, founder and they say i want to start a new business i have this idea we can connect them with investors who will supply the capital for the Mm -hmm. business startup they can get started they can find a co-founder through our network and then they can stand up a team 
um, through the talent placement service. And so we can take someone from ideation all the way up to um, growing a business um, through the new founding network and let those people be able to do it um, with people who are on the same page in terms of values. So a lot of the people on the talent side who are, are coming to us um, are coming out of what have become very hostile, ideologically hostile um, organizations where they are taking company money, company resources, and pushing it directly towards, um, you know, things like um, uh, Pride Month, Vax mandates, ESG, um, uh, you know, trans activism, all of these things that yeah. um, that as conservatives, as Christians, we don't actually want our labor to be going towards um, putting money in those coffers and and supporting things that are um, actively um, working against us and in, in sort of the cultural uh, playing field. Um, yeah. So folks who are on who are who are in those institutions can come out. They can find like-minded people um, to build with. And for investors, you know, there's there is a um, practical component of saying um, it's going to be a better long term. It's going to be a better investment if I'm investing in people who have a um, objective, truth-centered uh, view of reality. Um, and then, you know, there's also plenty of folks too who just want to put their dollars towards um, organizations uh, that they know are led by uh, yeah. by aligned folks. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I. Uh, um, you talked about kind of the negative side there of people wanting to get out of organizations where they're building um, and putting their money in coffers toward toward things that um, are directly contradictory to things that they believe in, um, and they're building organizations that promote ideas that are directly contradictory to things they believe in. Um, and so, you know, that's that's kind of the the core of what we want to talk about today and i do want to get back to that uh but i'm i i want you to flesh out if you can the specifics so you've talked about kind of broad level what new founding does um are there how are you guys doing that are there tools are there softwares is it mostly um making personal connections um mm -hmm. what what are the means uh, that you guys are using to accomplish that end mm -hmm. yeah so on the talent side um, it's a talent network. And so, um, people sign up through our website and, uh, again, folks who are, you know, in an organization where they want to start working with a more aligned organization, they'll come on and just like you would enter your information anywhere, you'd say, uh, this is who I am. This is what I'm looking for. Um, here's my desired occupation. And then on the company side, same thing, uh, organizations will come to us often, um, through recommendations, some because they've seen our content online, um, will say, yes, I am specifically interested in hiring um, people who are not going to um, be a massive ideological risk um, to the business. And so we'll intake those on both sides and then we'll match people up to say, OK, okay. Um, you know, you you may be geographically disparate, but there is a amazing um digital marketing director um, here in Idaho. And there's an incredible company in Texas that is looking for someone who has the exact same, um, you know, cultural perspective right. and we can link them up and then they can go start working for that business. So that's how it works yeah. on the talent side. 
And then on the investing side, um, kind of similar in that um, investors have come to us either through word of mouth or because they've seen our content and said, um, we like what you guys are doing. We'd like to invest both just from a um, culture positivity uh, perspective, but also from a practical perspective, we want to invest in um, that, you know, we call values aligned um, businesses. And so um, they'll put their money um, for, for larger um, transactions. Sometimes we'll just link up one large investor with a single investment. Um, but by and large, it's through a fund. So we're um, mm. we have a rolling fund um, where investors can put in checks mm. on a quarterly okay. basis, and those feed into the fund, and then we deploy that fund money into uh, into businesses. Okay. Nice. That makes sense. I didn't realize that. Um, okay. So, yeah, I want to get into just kind of two two elements of basically building things that matter and and having an impact on culture through business. Um, that have kind of come up already. Um, so one is this, this concept of how have you guys seen, you know, obviously you're investing in businesses, which means you believe in the value of businesses. You believe that what your business looks like matters. You believe that um, what your, your, the mission of, of your business and the values of your business have an impact that matters. Um, so I want to talk about that. And then also I want to talk about um, you know, this is uh, somewhat um, overlaps with with some recent conversations we've had on the podcast um, about the role of money in that, the role of wealth in that. Because you know, you see that business matters, but then you guys are also involved in kind of the uh, the thing that moves those businesses forward, which is connecting people to the money. Um, so ultimately, you know. I want to see how money and the role of wealth and people using that wealth faithfully has an impact then on on culture. Um, so you can start with the the kind of business side. What why why did you guys say you know we want to build businesses? Why do what's the connection of what a business is, what its values are, who its leaders are to What's the impact of that beyond just are you making good products? Or are you providing a good service? What's the impact of that mm -hmm. on the future? Yeah. Yeah. And no, I think the the direct impact of the businesses um, and the wealth side are both um, directly connected. And I'll, I'll preface all of this um, generally by saying that I um, I'm somebody who's like in in the race right now in the mix but i'm not looking back on all of this you know from the top of the hill sure. or anything like that sure. um so take it, it yeah. take it yeah take it from that perspective um but um yeah and on and on this topic there's a lot of really good people who have written on it um doug wilson george gilder or two uh, that come to mind off the bat but in terms of uh, the core value of businesses um I think George Gilder, and we, we've talked about this briefly, but George Gilder frames it very well in saying um, true capitalism is a competition in giving. And so a, um, a business that is doing really well is focused on serving their customers as best they can. They're focused on blessing other people 
um, better than their competition. They're focused on out, um, out blessing their customers with a service. And so um, just in the act of building um, the business, the business is something that you are doing for somebody else um, from that yeah. perspective. It's not yeah. um, that you're trying to scrape together uh, a larger portion of the pie for yourself. Right. Um, it's a means of at, serving. Yeah, it's a means of serving. And, um, you know, there's there's no limit on how much better things can get for other people when you provide better and better services. Mm. Um, so you can, you can see that, you know, most directly in things like tech, um, where people might be upset at, at, uh, you know, how much money someone like Elon Musk has or how much, um, capital Apple has, you know, sitting in their bank account. Um, but if you think about just the, the value impact, I mean, there's a lot of bad, but there's so much good in terms of, how much um, exponential, how exponentially better things have gotten through um, the internet, iPhones, um, all these services that they've provided. Um, you know, there's yeah. the, it's it's a, it's it matches up to how much value has been created beyond what would have been otherwise. Um, so from a yeah. just from a just from the business perspective. Um, there's just a real service element that I think has merit um, on its own if you're doing it right. Obviously, uh, there's a million ways to do it wrong, and it's right. it's like yeah. walking a, a grease tightrope. Um, the but, thing itself, the thing itself is a is a means of giving. It is a means of obeying the the, the commandment to which we're called. Uh, yes. Of yeah, living a life of sacrifice. That's what business should be. It is, mm-hmm. um, you know, how much can I give to, how much can I bless people at scale uh, mm-hmm. around me? Yeah. Um, and so yeah. the thing itself, you know, yeah, we we kind of framed it in terms of the mission and the values. Uh, how are you operating? How are you doing that thing? Uh, what does your culture look like within that business? We framed it in terms of that and that, you know, I, I want to touch on that and that matters, but I think that's a great point is, um, you know, business is just a means of giving of loving of sacrificing of blessing when it's done right yep yeah 100 i think temperamentally too there are some people who are very well geared to focus in on a particular craft and just become incredible craftsmen in a particular thing Mm. um and there's other people who are uh you know temperamentally um optimized for going out and, and starting new things or, you know, uh, building things from scratch or, or, or leading or whatever it is. And so it looks, it can look very different, uh, depending on who you are. Yeah. And then, um, on the, on the wealth side and in terms of affecting culture more directly, um, and again, I think I think this is something that um, Doug has talked pretty extensively about. I, I can't remember references off the top, but um, being building a business and creating wealth through a business is a um, is a godly vocation. In that, when you um, create a business, you are adding adding wealth to the economy. You are employing more people um, and as you build that business successfully through serving people, ideally bringing more money. And then all of the people that you've hired have jobs, um, your tithing money, their tithing money. So it becomes an economic engine 
where people are then money is now fading into the church. People now have um, discretionary income to support things like schools and um, publishing houses and arts. Um, you know, maybe they have more time to actually write write a book. Um, so by being faithful, um, sort of as a as a workhorse in a business, you can actually be the economic engine that enables um, a lot of the cultural things that wouldn't that would not be um, feasible if everybody was uh, was working on a book of poetry. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. There, there's the value itself that you're giving in, in the service, in the product, whatever it is. Um, and then you're also, um, yeah, it, it frees you up with the time and the money to be able to fund other things that matter, um, you know, school, art, literature, whatever, um, other things that matter that might in themselves may or may not, you know, there's ways to do them, um, all those things in a way that, that they're self-sustaining. Um, but you also enable yourself to do that through business. So I think that's a helpful point. Great. Well, um, yeah. So what then, where you guys come in, especially at new founding is in the ability to, um, you know, like you said, there's, there's several different avenues where you're bringing value, um, talent network, um, and, and other areas, but especially in the funding, um, how have you seen the ability to help build those businesses, help build, uh, help bring those to fruition, to reality, um, those those businesses that are doing it right, are doing it faithfully? Um, what, how have you seen the role of, uh, of money be a positive good? You know, there's a lot of association um and a lot of fear among evangelical evangelicals among conservatives um and you know rightly so there's there's a danger obviously that comes with wealth that comes with money um but how have you seen the good come from it what what role has uh, wealth and money played in in bringing that vision to fruition yeah yeah i mean i think on the so on the fun side um like a typical time horizon for a venture fund is in the 10 year range. And so you're going to deploy um, money into a startup or a business and you're not going to see the uh, fruit of that, or you're not going to re probably return all the money to investors until 10 years down the line. And we're, we're still in our first year um, of doing that work. And so from that perspective, we're, we're still pretty early in terms yeah. of seeing the, the fruits for a lot of these businesses and yeah it's um venture is a much different world than um like traditional private equity or if you think of like the warren buffets of the world where they say i'm going to invest in solid pre-existing businesses i'm investing in coca-cola and coca-cola is going to grow by uh, you know however much i'm going to get i'm going to get 12 percent returns year over year and you know, over 80 years, I'm just going to build this really solid um, level of wealth. And then on the venture side, um, you don't have like most of the time you're not investing in cash flowing, profitable businesses. Mm -hmm. These are yeah. either like very early concepts or they've, right. you know, they've been around for a little bit, but they're not cash flowing yet. 
and so on the in the venture sphere you're investing in you know 10 businesses nine of them go to zero and one of them is a home run that's that's mm-hmm. more the typical um mm-hmm. path um in the venture side and so um so all of, all of that to say we're still um pretty early in seeing the the fruition um yeah absolutely but uh in terms of the effect that capital can have in an early um stage startup uh there are just i i still i I still believe that there it's the best approach is to actually bootstrap as much as possible and to um, have a cash flowing business that actually makes money because that's the biggest indicator again that you're actually serving people um, in the last 20 right. years there's been a lot of organizations famously who have not been profitable for a decade who have raised millions and millions of dollars um, and you know some of them are still not profitable um right yeah counting on eventually you know yeah the scale is what's going to turn us profitable yeah, or, yeah yeah so you have businesses like um i think this was especially uh the case with things like the ride sharing and the food delivery where you have you know doordash comes into a marketplace where everyone knows that food delivery is going to be a big thing and the game is who can outspend one another to capture the market first. So, uh, you know, they're losing money on every single transaction, but they're doing it to beat out Uber Eats and all of these other competitors who are in the space. Right. Um, Thinking so that the, they're building a building market share, building a brand that people are just going to stick with. Right, but right. Yeah. So people are doing that because they're more affordable. Yeah, exactly. So the the play is to outspend the competition into the ground, um, and uh, capture all the market the market share, and people love it. It's like I can't believe I get this food to my door for such a cheap price. And then once all the competition's gone, then you raise the prices, and and right. then it it frankly becomes just not actually as good of a service. And it could actually be so so expensive that people never when it actually cash flows that that people would have never even wanted the service in the first place right. it was that right. expensive um so i don't think that that's a long-term healthy way of doing um of building but um often uh in the early stages of the company um if you can get a cash infusion if you can raise enough money um you can build things um that you would have never been able to build if you were just um bootstrapping and so you say oh man we we have huge demand and we're making money but um we really need this big upgrade tech upgrade that we can't we just don't have the money to make and it would take us you know whatever two years to earn that money to make it um but if we just had that we could supply so much more of the demand that's out there we could serve so many other people right. and so like that's a scenario where it's like great we can go out and raise that money and it's actually going to let us serve more people faster um yeah. versus us just trying to um to go full soviet union and and spend other people into the ground yeah yeah absolutely um so on the investor side how then are you what's kind of the um avatar of the investor that that partners with you guys um how are they finding you guys and what's what are their stories 
Yeah, let me see. Um, most people have found us through um, through our media presence, especially on Twitter. Um, I was not um, very active on Twitter until um, I joined New Founding about a year ago. Um, but it is a fascinating, interesting place um, mm. where you can connect with a lot of um, people at high levels, and there's there's just a lot of visibility. It's a uh, it's a strange place. Um, a lot of people sort of like role play on on Twitter and have personas there that mm-hmm. don't necessarily match um, real life. Um, but a lot of people have found us through Twitter. So we've got mm-hmm. um, a large Twitter presence. Um, and, you know, we put out content videos around kind of raising the flag to say, again, these are our values. Um, we don't believe that um, these ideological factors that have come to be dominant in um american business pretty broadly especially in tech of um again like the esg the pride stuff um vax all those things um that those are not those are not actually good for business um and they're not they shouldn't be a part of business um and so people see that and that's attractive um uh us you know kind of sticking our our necks out and putting up the flag and and taking a more um what could be considered a more courageous stance on those things is attractive and people see that and um, want to invest um, in businesses that are, uh, that are in line with that. Yeah. What are the, what are the options to be able to invest? Is it, you know, is it like a, is there a minimum buy-in? Do you have, do you have um, different options to, to be able to get mm-hmm. in? Uh, what does that look like with you guys? Yeah. The, um, so, uh, we're standing up a larger institutional fund um, that's more um, investments by institutions, nonprofits. Um, but our rolling fund um, is uh, the primary method for people who are um, who are uh, you know personal investors. And that um, the limit for that right now is about is 50k per quarter. Um, so you've you know even at that level you're going to be a pretty um, pretty well-established um, accredited investor um, mm-hmm. to be writing those checks. Um, so that's the, that's the current, uh, our, our main vehicle for those investments. And as a, as a business, if someone um, is on, on the other end of things where they are looking to grow or they're looking to start something, what stage, what stage is it helpful for them to connect with it, with you mm-hmm. guys? Is it, you know, I yeah. have this idea I'm working on this or is it uh-huh. you know we've been we've been proving demand for a year now um, but we're looking to grow mm-hmm. what what kind of businesses are you looking to connect yes. with yeah so definitely the second option um that you listed um we do get uh folks who come to us and say hey i've got this idea i wrote a pitch deck um that outlines the idea i'd love to implement it um and you know, that's good to see, but the recommendation to those folks is like, go, go start testing, go start trying to get traction, um, Mm -hmm. on the concept and see what you can find. Um, yeah, ideally you've gone out at the earliest stages, you've gone out and, um, put some serious elbow grease into, um, testing out the idea, validating the concept. There's so much you can do. Um, there's so much you can do just even on your own 
um, with a concept. Um, you don't need like you don't need funding right off the bat if it's still a concept. You don't need um, you don't need a huge load of cash to, to get started. So you, there's things like um, you know when we started the talent placement service, um, you know that was just me pulling together. Um, out of the box resources to get that whole system up and running. So um, I would say if you have an idea, it really, it really, it's going to work across so many different spaces. But um, check out things like Airtable, things like Typeform. Um, you can go out, go out, build a. You can build a following on um, social media if you haven't, um, just by putting in the time and posting, um, and and then get out you know, put out a survey to people who you think is your prospective audience and try to gauge interest. Um, get whatever um, actual contact with your market that you can, and it's gonna change um, your idea probably pretty dramatically. But um, you can do, again, you can do so much. Like you can, um, you know, let's say you have some sort of a, a two-sided marketplace where you're matching up, you know, um, auto people who want to sell their cars in an area with uh, people who want to buy and you can set up a type form you know for the people who want to buy set up a type form for the people who want to sell blast it out they can sign up through those forms those you can link those forms to an Airtable database that Airtable database will be your crm you can have all the um, customers on both sides of that populate in the crm and then the the out of the box tools like no code tools that exist right now are are have gotten really good. So with that Airtable database, then you can say, all right, I'm going to set up automations that automatically email these people when this happens. It can, it's going to send a text message. It's going to it's going to hook directly into Twitter and it's going to send out a you know a tweet about this when when X things happens in the marketplace. Mm. Um, yeah. You can generate an interface based on that uh, database that people can browse. Um, there's so much of a business idea that you can prototype with pre-existing tools right. um, that exist right now. And, and, and that applies most directly, um, you know, to things like in the tech, tech space or sure. um, things yeah. that are more scalable, not, not on services side. Um, I was uh, talking with some folks this week who are working on um, a uh a product called inlet i believe that um is a natural language um system for setting up automations and so if you had Airtable and slack and, and notion and all your systems and they have they've built the product and they were showing it to me where you can say you can just type into a text box and say i would like um when a new entry comes in here send a text message to this person publish this note to the slack um send an email categorize this in the database mm. and it'll take that information and then you give it access to all of your different components and it'll go set up those uh wow. those automations so um wow. you know it's uh to be seen how how complex um sure. of tasks something like that can handle but uh, my point in all of this is that um there is so much that you can do um, just your just on your own um, with a laptop to um, explore and validate an idea. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So you your your fund would be mostly and new founding would be mostly for um, growing, scaling uh, mm -hmm. after 
you know, after, like you said, the the concept is proven, um, there's some, uh, the concept and the the owners or the um, the business owners have proven some initiative as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, um, that's what you're going to want to see. Um, you know, it's, that's just kind of a classic principle. I mean, you're not, you're not really going to benefit from a, from a wheelbarrow of money. Um, and you're, if you're just at the concept stage, you want to both, um, get some real world contact, uh, with your customer, um, to prove that it's actually something that they want or that they would benefit from. And also, like you said, like show initiative on the, um, on the founder side, because, um, you need to be motivated enough, um, to make it want to happen because, um, it is, it's just a very, it's a deeply unpleasant thing to start up a, um, to start a business. And so, uh, so you've got to want enough to, um, to do it. Yeah, and and money's not gonna, you know, if if your problem is if you've had the idea, money's not gonna be the execution for you. It's not gonna be the, you know, uh, you you can then hire people to do the execution, I suppose, but it's not gonna solve your problem of not doing anything. Um, right, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, some of us, you know, missed our calling in uh, not being born uh, born rich, but. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's just no way to solve that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Josh. Super valuable. Appreciate your time, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Landon. Thanks for listening to Work is Good. If you enjoyed it, share it with someone else, leave a review, and listen next week.